I appreciate you having this conversation with me. You and I have been getting together and meeting for a couple months now. Yes, sir. Yes, and, sir. And uh, I've been telling the people at Norton a little bit about you. Right. Okay. Uh, and then we had a panel discussion out in the parking lot. Yes, sir. And that was fun to be a part of. And so we're having this conversation uh, about respect. And uh, this particular week, we're talking kind of about racial respect. And I just kind of wanted them to hear your story and hear your heart a little bit. It's kind of what I wanted. So maybe you could start with just like you grew up uh, or at least went to school part of your time here in Norton, right? Yes, sir. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. So, so you know, and as you said, I, I thank God for the connection. Um, as as when when we got to reach, you reached out and we connected. Man, this has been a blessing for huh. me, and I always look forward to time with you. So so yeah, so I I, I had to I came to Norton for high school. Huh. So now I, I can remember. Uh, my parents, because I was at, at, at that time at Ennis Middle School and headed to Norton High School where my mother was teaching at, and and she and they wanted to move. And okay. so we were moving out of the inner city of Accra out to Norton. Huh. And, uh, and you're I, in ninth grade at the time. Ninth, yeah, get ready okay. going to ninth, ninth grade. grade. Okay. And uh, I, you know, I never heard really of Norton. I never, <laughs> you know, I really wasn't feeling the move. Because you know you got friends, you got things. You you're thinking about basketball and the city. You got some. Hey, I might have some opportunity to make it somewhere. Uh, and then we moved to Norton, and I and I remember my mother and me going to our orientation day, huh. uh, and being met by the counselor at that time. And one of the things that just he his approach to us was, hey, at our school. Our kids don't swing from the chandeliers like they do in the inner city. Wow! Um, and wow. so, so you, now my mother's about five one. <laughs> you know, at that time I was probably six. I was just hitting the growth spurt, so about six one. And so to have that shared to you, yeah. Uh, you know, it was really, I, I remember, you, you get heated in the inside. Yeah. And you know, so I was like, man, is this what this experience is going to be like? And so it was a very challenging freshman year. Wow. Uh, in the beginning of it, I would say, you know, you having some some tension. Uh, it was only I think I was the only when I ended up graduating high school. I was the only black person in my class about 168. Really? Okay. And I think at the time I was in the school, my freshman year, maybe about 10 of us was in the whole school. Wow. Um, so it was challenging. It was yeah. challenging. But what I realized is as we worked through those challenges, because we basketball, we had some challenges, you know. Our coaches had to have some team meetings. How do we get this kid to assimilate or get our kids to all assimilate together as a team wow. when there's this new person? And then on top of not only he new, but then he's an African-American mm -hmm. and it's a predominantly white school and it's not gelling well. But the thing was, as we took time to get to know each other, and that's what I really enjoyed about the community forum, huh. was this discussion and di a dialogue on understanding. Yeah. And as our coaches and our schools, since they took us time to get to know people huh. and talk, you started to find, they started to find, hey, he's not, Hampton's not too bad. <laughs> he's not too bad a guy, right? And and I started to see, like, okay, these uh, these other individuals, this school, these are not against me, huh. right? And and so it ended up being one of the best experiences for years, I, I could say, that I had huh. great friendships, great connections. Lessons learned, yes, yeah. but it was it was a powerful time in my life, which then has helped me even more to be able to huh. navigate in all cultural environments. Hmm. 
Do you remember like that that event, that ninth grade event? How your mom or maybe your dad uh, helped navigate that with uh, you? Well, I, I remember my mother. You know, so so my mother. It was kind of it was a painful point to have that said to you. Uh, and my father and and mother always impressed something on me. They uh, said they said, "Son, I need you to know you're somebody because God doesn't make any junk." I, uh, I think my mother had plastered a couple of those signs in our bedroom for me and my brother, um, just to constantly keep hearing that, constantly keep hearing it. You're somebody because of what God has done. Uh, God doesn't make junk. You're somebody, and constantly keep. So no matter what opposition you may face, always remember in Christ you're somebody. Uh-huh. You know, and and then because of who you are in Christ, then you're gonna treat people a certain way, regardless uh-huh. of how they may deal with you. Uh-huh. And one of the things you told me in my office was, I mean, you kind of went all four years through high school. Oh yeah, Norton, yes, yes. And you graduated, and you were the yeah, school president. School president. School president. Wow. Right. Yes. It, it, that's, and that's why I say it was a major turnaround. Just it's, it's so many stories I could talk about in that high school experience from the beginning of my freshman year, where you had some racial tension. Huh. To then be able to navigate through it to where you have a, a phenomenal experience and great memories uh, of a school, uh, high school years. Yeah. And would you say that racial tension, what you were saying, for, was just a lack of understanding? I think like a lot of times it was a lack of understanding. You, you know, you had situations, me and my wife talk about this because and she has some of these same experiences where you'd be hanging out with some of your friends. And so you may be the only uh, black person in the car, the only black person. And they would be talking about black people. Huh. And then you'd be like, hey, 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 Dan, hey. <laughs> you, you know I'm black too, right? And they'd be like, oh, well, you're not one of them. Oh, wow. Right? But, oh, but yeah. it, and a lot of times that kind of stuff happened because of the stereotypes that we have about one another, the way we see each other because of how we're presented on media or the way our parents have talked about some things in the home. Uh, and, and those things, and it, it gives us that impression that that's how those people are over there. Yeah. You know, hey, you you don't want to go into the city because those people don't have any manners. You you don't want to go out in the rural country because those people are going to kill you because you're different, right? You wow. get this impression of people that's not really accurate huh. when you get to know people. Yeah. So what you just described was like stereotypes that go all kinds all of ways. All kind of ways. Oh, yeah. We, we, we get stereotypes. I, I was listening to some of the things you when you were teaching uh, on, on respect in the home, hmm. right? And, and sometimes the way we are as parents impacts how the children will see other people. Huh. And so yeah. th- those stereotypes go all the way around. You know, you, you get to, uh, one of the things that was concerning, you know, you come, people say, well, you know, you going to Norton, uh, everybody going to be in some cowboy boots, uh, driving big F-150s or yeah. some kind of truck, chewing ch- tobacco, you know, like it's going to be uh, uh, this, this country boy. Well, it really wasn't like that when I got out here. You know what <laughs> I mean? So, so you have these, people have these impressions because they haven't encountered or experienced people. Yeah. Um, and once we get to know each other, like I said before, that community dialogue, and even as you and I have grown in relationship, the connection, the communication, you start seeing, man, this is great. Uh-huh. And, and again, it helps us to see more of who God is. Sometimes you face that as a pastor, oh, right? People definitely. stereotype pastors, Stereotype. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, and, and, and I think that's why it's so important to have conversation. Yeah. Like, if, it's not, if it's anything we can do, the more we can talk to people who are different than us, 
the more we can see the, that there's more similarities than there are differences. Wait, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, but like, when, when, as a black man, what are some of the stereotypes that you find yourself coming up against that are just misconceptions or people like, man, I feel like that's just a lack of understanding. Like, what would be some of the common ones? So, so, so the common I'm tall. So if I'm walking towards a female, especially uh-huh. <laughs> you know that, then they need to clutch. Uh, their purse, I might want to steal some, or I've had uh-huh. times that you just walking through the parking lot. So you walking through the parking lot to the grocery store, you cut in between cars, and you hear car doors lock. Wow. Like, you know, or people start to be concerned. I've been, uh, when I went in, I remember we in college, we went to New York City, and we were going into some of the stores and stuff. You didn't really see who the shopkeepers were, the store owners or anything, uh-huh. or workers, employees. When we walked in, they popped up. When they popped up, they followed us through the store, right? Because this person yeah. may be somebody who's going to steal from me. Wow. You know, so you, you face those kind of stereotypes. And even as a pastor, you know, if, if especially if I don't have on a certain kind of look and feel, maybe I don't have my suit on or something, people still would think like, well, this might be, I got to watch him. Yeah, and, you know, so, that's yeah. interesting. Hey, you know, one of the things I wonder if you could just kind of talk about is, so obviously there's a lot of things, I don't think anything new, but I would say there's a lot of things that are stirring right now yes, in our culture. Yeah. And I had asked you this in my office at one time, but when, when the George Floyd death happened, I asked you this, I said, I'm just curious what kind of things went on inside of you, how you felt, what that made you think, uh, and kind of how you processed all that. You mind sharing that? Oh, man. It, you know, as as a black man, as an African-American, there's so many things that run through your mind. The, one of the first things is you want to go back to your flesh. Like, I have to admit, you know, you get angry. Mm-hmm. You get upset. Um, it, it makes you want to do something. Like, how do I respond to this? How do mm-hmm. I, especially when, you know, you get the different pictures that are coming out. And then mm-hmm. you start to hear the other stories, Sandra Bland. And you start to hear the other things that's going on, the different situations in New York and, and, and mm-hmm. Minneapolis and, and in Kentucky. Like, you, all these different stories are happening. Mm-hmm. And it really causes you to be like, man, I want to destroy something. Mm-hmm. Or someone, you know. And then you had to come back to it and then realize that's not going to help either. As my mother would always say, two wrongs don't make a right. Two wrongs. Uh, but it was really it was really painful. I mean, it was just to, to, to see the, a man who has been subdued, who is not doing it, not fighting now, or whatever they might have said, but, and you got your knee on his neck for that long, and the facial expression of the police officer mm-hmm. that looked like this is pleasing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very painful. It was very painful. And then, so then it made you realize, okay, we got to do something. Now, I can't respond mm-hmm. as one who doesn't have any biblical wisdom or any, a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. But how do we start to talk about? How do we start to stand up? How do we start to address this mm-hmm. in a form and fashion that will help us as believers mm-hmm. know this is how we got to deal with it? But it was, it was very painful. I mean, I, I, I still go back and look at different stories. I've done uh, so many different documentaries out there now on, on cases I have 
I had never really paid attention to because maybe you're growing up and you don't mm-hmm. know it or, you you know, I'm here in Ohio and something happens in New York that before we have all these cameras and before we have uh, on our phones and before we have all this publicity on these events now, that mm-hmm. things that happen that we didn't really know. Mm-hmm. And I've gone back and re-looked at these documents and you're seeing this hatred and, or, and this um, lack of respect Mm-hmm. For an individual, because of the color of their skin, it is it is traumatic. Mm-hmm. It's very traumatic. What were some of the things that you led your congregate, like conversations, and well, what are the things you yeah. led through? So, so one is you, you start having these conversations about uh, the importance for us to know who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. One, right, mm-hmm. and because I know who I am in Christ, then I got to stand up for justice. But that justice has to be righteous justice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then, and then another thing is, as a Bible believer, you understand these things are gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Now that that becomes very traumatic because we we want to believe that you and I can change everybody. Mm-hmm. You and I can pray, and everything can go away. However, the scriptures tell us that in the last days, as Paul is talking to Timothy, some of these things going to happen, hmm. right? It, the, the, that people are going to wax cold and hmm. evil men are going to grow worse and deceive and being deceived. Hmm. So we know. So now then you got to prepare yourself. Hmm. But be, just because we know those things are going to happen does not mean we sit back idly and don't say something or do something so that mm. people can realize there is a better way to live in Jesus Christ. Mm. I think it's become a great opportunity to witness, to talk to people, mm. and what it has done also, I think now that it's so public, it's causing people to realize we need to do something. All people are need to do something. Mm. And, and how do we come together? How do we uh, help our world, our community? I'm curious if you can tell me uh, in that regard, what are ways, let's go both ways with this, what are ways that uh, I as a white man demonstrate respect to you, being being a black man, but just a different race and culture, whatever, and what are ways that maybe you uh, have experienced disrespect? Mm. What are ways that that looks like? So we're trying to teach on this, yes, Sunday sir. mornings yes, and sir. Sunday night, and, and uh Sometimes we can. It can be a principle. What are ways that it practically, practically looks? Yeah. That, you know, that's always the the challenge to us as men, men of God, right? Yeah. And then, and our sisters who are doing the same thing is the application of the text. Mm-hmm. So I think it is good to talk about. So number one is how do you speak about me huh. when I'm not in your presence? Huh. That's awesome, yeah. Number one, I think that's the major thing because, you know, real respect is not demonstrated when you're just in front of me. Yeah. Real respect is demonstrated when you, how you talk about me when I'm not around. Huh. Huh. You know, so so how how what's your home conversations about African Americans, about Black people, huh. about Hispanic people, about any minority, even about uh, Caucasian people? What what what's your conversation at home? Hmm. What's your conversation with your friends like? Hmm. You know, what what la- what words do you use when you're dealing with challenging matters hmm. that deal with somebody of the other race, hmm. of the other culture? So that's that's one of the big ones for me hmm. is because I think you can tell if a person respects you or values you by how they talk about you when you're not there. Hmm. 
Because it's easy to smile in my face in front of me. Yeah. But but are, are you going to have that same level of respect for me uh, when I'm not there? Number two, it, it ties in with this first one, is how do you think of me when people bring you news about me? Huh. Go a little further. So, 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 so if you, mm-hmm. if you and me have been building this friendship, and as I said, and as you said, I love our conversation. I look forward to the times we're getting together to sit down and chat. It's very refreshing, very mm-hmm. encouraging to me, right? But so then, if somebody would come to me and say, "Man, you know, you're not gonna believe what Pastor Dan did." And I'm like, yeah, you know, I can't believe Pastor Dan. He, he is a kind of shady character. I can't believe he's like that. Yeah, well, then yeah. I don't respect you. Yeah. Because if I know the kind of person and I'm getting to know you and we're sharing our hearts, sharing our feelings with you, then I'm like, that don't sound like Pastor Dan to me. Yeah. That's no, that's not. I, let's, let's go call him. Huh. Uh, uh, or let's pray about him. And then they say, well, no, nah, we don't want to do it. Now you find out where that other individual is. Huh. Yeah. But how do you respond when people bring words to you about me. That's interesting. You know, yeah. that that's a that signs a level of respect. Because if you value me, if you value our relationship, if you value who I am as a person, then you would want to be you would treat me like you want to be treated. You'd be like, well I wish they would call me first before they put a Facebook yeah. post out, before they make a tweet on this, before they make an Instagram, before they do a Snapchat. Like I, I wish they would talk to me first. Huh. You know, and so I think those are two simple ways. But then another way is how do you treat people who can't do anything for you? Mm. Wow. You know, that's that's a sign of respect to me. Because, like, if if you so you may say, like, well, I'm good with Sam. Me and Sam are tight. Mm -hmm. But how are you going to treat this other person Mm -hmm. who looks like Sam? Mm -hmm. He may not be Sam, but he Mm -hmm. looks like Sam. Mm -hmm. But he can't do anything for you. Are you going to show him the same kind of respect you would show Sam? That's fascinating. Yeah. You know, and, and I think those kind of things, those three simple things go both ways. Oh, yeah. Because if we're going to, uh, especially as believers, now this is critical for you and I as believers. Yeah. If we're going to demonstrate to the world what Jesus said his body should be like, then I can't mistreat you whether I'm in your presence or not. Huh. Yeah. And I can't I should not mistreat somebody who looks like you. Yeah. You know, what I mean? especially if they're supposed to be brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's powerful. Yeah. You know, that when you were talking about what do I think when somebody brings news to me about you, I was sitting here thinking to myself, uh, you know, am I willing do I automatically think the worst or do I let my thoughts waft into even stereotypes? Yes, yes. Isn't that interesting? Yes, it, is. Yeah. it is. And and that's so important. Because if I value you, if I value you, then I need to always stay on the good side. And even if what was said is true, huh. I still know you and I still need to give you the opportunity. Let's let's talk this through. Let's yeah. find out. Hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, I and the Bible says ye which are spiritual. Now you know I get a little preachy sometimes, yeah. so I'm gonna try to stay. <laughs> but ye, ye which are spiritual, restore such one mm-hmm. uh in the spirit of meekness, hmm. considering yourself. Hmm. Right, so if I value you, then I should approach you like I would want to be approached. Yeah, wow. So I need to be careful what I'm thinking. I need mm-hmm. to I need to be careful of how I'm perceived. And then here's the here's a, a one more to that. 
number four, if I would add it like this, yeah. is is how do I then deal with you after I hear the news? Huh. Yeah. Does, does my perspective of you change? Does my treatment of you change? Huh. Does does our relationship automatically? Like, so now you say, well, hey, yeah, I used to be meeting with Sam, but I'm done meeting with Sam. I heard something. Yeah. yeah. And, and instead of us having a brotherly conversation to discuss it, maybe you might even help bring healing if I did do it, right? Or I might bring healing to you. But to cut it off, then I didn't value the friendship. Because mm -hmm. a friendship that we value is a friendship that we'll fight for. So are you saying that one of the, I think you are saying, one of the key ways to demonstrate respect is to value relationship. Value relationship. Value relationship. Right. If you, if, you know, if when, you, when you have people around you, but you don't even want to build a relationship on any level. Like, we know everybody's not going to be best friends. You know, we know what they tell us about in our, in our relationships. With that, you know, you're going to have one or two best friends in your whole life, really best friends. But, but how do I value that associate? How do I value that colleague at work? How do I value my neighbor? How do you value my brother and sister that come to church? And I, I may not, we may not be hanging out every Sunday, but at least I see them. How do I treat them, mm. right? How do, how do I, am I praying for them? How, how do I value uh, that person in my neighborhood? Mm. They're not my neighbor, but, but they're not living directly next to me per se. But how do I value them? Do, if I see their trash can and fell into the street, do I get it and put it back on the curb for them? Mm. You know, it, it regardless, like that value is demonstrated that way. That's fascinating. You know, what's well, something that was interesting. Uh, I think it was the first time we met. I don't know that I thought about it this way, but you know, we were talking about all these things, and you told me that I wasn't the only one who had to overcome stereotypes. That you you said even you incoming had to overcome yeah, stereotypes. Yes, it's like this mutual. It's mutual. I, I think it is. We, uh, like we, we see people the way sometimes people have been presented to us. Yeah. And if we're not careful, this is why I say I love what you're teaching about when you talk about the one from at home. Huh. Parents may not understand how much they can impact the lives of their children by how their children see other people. Huh. You know, and then we got media, we got our television, our radio, our music, all those kind of things can shape how we perceive each other. So we automatically get a picture. This is how this person is going to respond. This is how this person is going to be. And we don't even give them an opportunity to show us differently. So if you were talking to the Norton campus of Grace Church and talking to the parents, what are some practical things you would say to parents that would help them in regards to racial respect? Ooh, that's a good one. I think one of the big things is to help see that all people matter and uh -huh. all people need to be valued. And so have conversations with your children about how do we treat all people. This, this, we're going to be people of respect. Huh. We're going to respect everybody, regardless of their color, regardless of their gender, regardless of their social economic system. They're, they need to be respected. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, and I know, uh, you know, I grew up on, they say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am. And that may not be the case today as much, <laughs> but at least we're going to show people respect by yes, mm -hmm. no, uh, how, how are you? So if mm -hmm. I see you, and you and I are walking towards the same way, I make eye contact, hey, how you doing? 
You, just so respect value. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, you matter, and I know you matter because mm -hmm. I'm going to see you and I'm going to respond to you. That's fascinating. Sounds like we grew up the same. My dad used to <laughs> make us say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes. He yes. wouldn't answer me if I didn't say, Ooh, sir. We would get in trouble. <laughs> I wasn't good. We were getting in trouble at home if we had, if we had that, yes, sir, no, yeah. sir, yes, ma'am. <laughs> if you say, yeah, it was going to be a problem. <laughs> that was not if good. If you said, yes, and you didn't put the ma'am on it, there was yeah. going to be a problem. <laughs> and so even today, I, I'm learning. Uh, some people say, well, don't say yes, ma'am, to me. I'm not that old. I, I'm, like, I'm sorry. It's uh, inherent in me. Yeah. And so now, even though we're having this challenge as we are respecting genders, and even though we may not agree with some of the lifestyles of individuals, I still think everybody should be respected. Yeah. And so you're trying to adjust that. So I still show respect to you, uh, but we may not always say yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and stuff. But, but we definitely need to show that and value. And then Make sure we, when we see people, we know, we let them know we see them. They're, they are important to us. You know, one of the things uh, that we've been talking about in Sunday morning is just interesting to me. It's like this idea of respect, it, it feels like in our culture, something everybody's demanding nowadays mm -hmm. and fewer and fewer people are giving. Yes. When you think about the, the body of Christ, you know, First Peter kind of tells us the church leads the way, mm -hmm. right? And if we're going to lead the way in respect that a follower of Christ doesn't simply sit back and demand it, they start by giving Giving it away, it. Yes, sir. right? Yes, Even sir. if, because sometimes a lot of people can say, well, why would I respect so-and-so? They've, they've never respected me right, or something right. like that. We can almost wait to be respected to give respect, which is kind of contrary to yeah. let's Let's use another, let's use that principle, right? So the Bible says, as a man, so Apostle Paul would say, as a man, so that's what he also shall reap, right? So yeah. if I want respect, then I should sow respect. Huh. Treat others as you would like to be treated. Now, we can go to the, the main big ones. You said love others as I love you, right? But let's first just deal with this first piece. So if I want respect, I should then demonstrate respect. Hmm. And I need to understand if I'm sowing respect, I'm going to reap respect. Hmm. Now, I may not always reap it from the person I sowed it to, but I'm going to reap oh, it because good. I get what I sow. That's good. Yeah. So if I, if I pick places and say, well... You know, Dan wasn't respectful to me, so I'm not going to be respectful to him. I just sold disrespect. Huh, yeah. And the principle of the Bible is I have to reap disrespect. Huh. So if I don't want to reap disrespect, I need to show respect regardless of how a person treats me because I'm treating people as I want to be treated. And then I'm really building it to the next level in the body of Christ is I'm demonstrating this love of Christ that's been shown to me. That even when I wasn't faithful to him, he was still faithful to me. Hmm. When I wasn't always loving him, he was always loving to me. And so, therefore, I'm hmm. going to follow that and so respect regardless of how somebody else deals with me. Yeah, that's fascinating. So, so talk to the Norton campus at Grace Church in the middle of this, what's going on in our culture. What are some ways, what are some practical ways that we can walk away from this conversation uh, and begin to demonstrate racial respect. Yeah, so I, I would say, I would say, as we think about this, we number one, we're going to look for opportunities to do it, huh. not wait for opportunities to come. Yeah, look for opportunities. So we're going to become intentional about showing respect. Huh. 
So so maybe that's the person that's, uh, maybe there's a black person coming into the store, you're going out to the store, intentionally, I'm going to hold that door. I'm going to beat them to the door, hold the door for them. Uh. Maybe there's somebody coming, uh, another minority or you know, whatever it is, an individual, I'm going to speak to them before they speak to me. Huh. Right? Intentionally looking for ways to show respect. Hmm. Intentionally, because again, I'm valued. I'm a, I'm a assist somebody. I see a mother with a child. She's struggling. I'm going to intentionally go and help. Mm-hmm. Now, again, now I know that makes us vulnerable, but I'm not looking for the opportunity to come to me. I'm looking for the opportunity to do it because I'm gonna apply what I'm learning. I love it. So I got people on my job that uh, you know maybe black, maybe Hispanic, whatever. I'm looking for opportunity to connect. I maybe never have talked to that person before, and I'm gonna try to have. Hey, let's do lunch. It may be simple. Mm-hmm. Let's just say hi. Let's get. It. Oh, we both in the break room together. Hey, how are you doing? How's your family? I, I, you know, beyond just doing work mm-hmm. with that person, mm-hmm. intentionally looking for it. Uh, another thing I would say is intentionally, as we talked about before, intentionally having these conversations with my children. Mm-hmm. Hey. This is not right that we see going on. Talk to them about it. Now, you may not show them all the videos. You may not show them all the stuff that's being said. But start talking to them about, hey, as a Caucasian, as a white person, this is how we're going to treat people who look different than us. Mm. Because everybody should be respected and valued. Mm. And then number three is watch what I say about people. Mm-hmm. Watch what I say about people. Hmm. What 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 am I saying about individuals in private conversations? Hmm. How am I talking about them? Am I talking about them from a racial perspective mm-hmm. or from an individual perspective? You know, and there may be sometimes I gotta deal with challenging situations and I may have to bring corrections to a situation or expose something, but how do I do it? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think so those practical steps, uh, number, the biggest one for me is just being intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, pray for your neighbors, but not only pray for them, try to talk to them. Mm-hmm. If they don't talk to you, that's on, that's on them. But it won't be because you didn't ex- you didn't present yourself as a person of of a godly character, loving, and concerned. Yeah, I love that principle, don't wait, but make Man. the opportunity. I love that. I'm going to go off this a little bit, and if, if one of my questions doesn't make sense, just, just say, you know, like, because some things hit me as, uh, as we were kind of talking there. Um, so let, let me think about the f- way I want to phrase this, this first question. Uh, um, what would you say to, Samuel, what would you say to somebody who met, what would you say to a to a, a let's say a, a a black man who had an encounter with a white man, and that white man lived up to all the preconceived stereotypes that black man might have had. So let's just say he proved the point. You know, yeah, yeah. what would you say to? And his, this black man is a follower of Christ, and he's like, "Why would I respect that guy?" I mean, what would you say to that Woo. guy? <laughs> <laughs> But now, because you said he's a follower of Christ. Yeah. Remember. So you and I have to obey Christ. Jesus says something in Luke uh, 6 and 46, I believe. He says, why call me Lord, Lord, if you're not going to do the things I say? Mm -hmm. So even though this individual lived up to all the preconceived ideas and notions that you heard that were not good, didn't show me respect, I'm still going to be respectful. Hmm. Hmm. Not because of that individual, but because of my relationship with Christ. Now, and you're not, you're not going to be your doormat. 
-hmm. You're not running over me. I don't think that's what the Bible is teaching me to be a doormat so you can abuse me and mistreat me. Mm -hmm. But I do believe he's still telling me I need to demonstrate Christ to you. Mm -hmm. I need to demonstrate Christ. Because you never know in this encounter how that seed might get planted that somebody else could come along and water and that God may get the increase and that person may be saved. So I think we always got to keep that in our mind. Now, I'm not going to be your doormat, mm -hmm. but I am going to still demonstrate respect because I'm obeying Christ. And uh, and that be and it is tough. It's some tough moments. It's some, it's some challenging times with that. Well, if we get good, and this is more, like, I'm just kind of curious because I was thinking as you were just talking, like, I would imagine as a leader, as a pastor, talking, so your congregation is predominantly a, a black, black conversation. Okay. Yeah. So how do you navigate? I'm curious, how do you navigate... Uh, how they respond to like police officers because what's interesting is you watch the George Floyd and you see the, you mentioned the guy's face it's mm -hmm. a white police mm -hmm. officer and obviously abusing his position yeah. and like so then you have a group of people that are followers of Christ and you have police officers in Akron how do you talk to them in light of the fact that Police officers are right now the ones that are kind of the lightning rod. Yes, They're the ones yes, that are yes. abusing the, and yet not all are. How do you teach a follower of Christ to respond? I to think them? I think you deal with that that way. One one is you start to understand. Hey, these are people that have places of authority, huh. right? So how do I handle them when they approach me? Interesting. You know, so so we've had this. We've given out materials to some of our young people. We've talked about this. So I know if I get pulled over, and I said about this myself, when I got pulled over by a police, my wife and me were driving to church one Sunday, probably moving a little quickly. But, you know, uh, my wife was driving. <laughs> Is that code for speed? <laughs> right, right, speed, you know. My wife was driving, and uh, we get pulled over. And uh, my wife asked me to go grab her purse out of the back so that when the police officer comes, she could give him an ID and, and the proof of insurance and all that kind of stuff. And I said, no, I'm going to wait, put my hands on the dashboard. Huh. I'm going to wait on the, yeah, I'm going to wait until the officer come and ask. Wow. I'm not going to make no movements. Right. And, and the reason I said that was because I don't know what this officer's biases are. Yeah. But I know one thing, I'm not I'm not gonna be the story today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so as long and so as he came to the car and once he asked for the ID, I said, sir, my wife's purse is in the back. Do you mind if I reach back in? Go ahead. Right? Now huh. again, he is yeah, go, go ahead, no problem. So I do that, we have an interaction, it is no no problem. Hey, just slow down, go on to the church, right? You huh. know what I mean? And so the, the the thing, I think there's a proper way we can respond. Huh to um, police officers. Even though we may not always agree with the behaviors of others, all police officers are not bad. Just like all black people are not bad, all white people are not bad, right? And sometimes we make those broad stereotypes and then we mistreat people who are not mistreating us. Hmm. And I think that's how we gotta start dealing with more from an individual basis instead of from a whole. And then we have to talk to those who have authority over the police, and mm -hmm. I'm a big person. Like when it comes to city police, I'm I, I want to know what the mayor's doing mm -hmm. because I don't get to vote the police chief. Mm -hmm. The mayor appoints the police chief. I get to vote in the mayor though, mm -hmm. you know. And then in the summit county, like in summit county sheriff, we get to vote the sheriff. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to I want to talk to those kind. I want to know those kind of people because then those are the people who are making the policies or mm-hmm. enforcing that respect that needs to be handled. Mm-hmm. So instead of just mistreating this one cop or going after another cop or all cops, let's deal with the people mm-hmm. who are in the authority to put those people in or out of office. You sharing that little story, which you were very adamant about your wife was driving yeah. well, I mean so, so I, I'll give you another story so, so it's just when my wife said that but I had those opportunities but you know I'm moving a little, I'm, as I say we speed and I, that's one thing I told the congregation I said pray for me I'm slowing down so I'm trying to learn to use cruise control more again and all those kind of things but I think when, when you have those moments and I've had people who didn't always talk to me well yeah. now I'm not the fighter mentality but I've had those people. But but my one thing is I understand who I'm supposed to represent. Mm. And I think that's the toughest thing as a black person who is a believer sometimes. Sometimes we forget we represent in Christ. Huh. Yeah. You know. And then on the flip side, as a white person, you gotta remember you represent Christ. Yeah. So if I'm a believer, am I speak am I presenting Christ in a way that he would be spoken well of? Or I present Christ in a way that he would be spoken negative of. Mm. And I have to be willing to deal with the recompense that's going to come my way if I'm negatively presenting him Mm. versus positively presenting him. You know, as you were talking, it made me wonder uh, what it is in our flesh that causes us sometimes to almost generalize and stereotype people based upon... A negative experience. For instance, you meet one cranky old person, all old all people, people are cranky, cranky right? <laughs> or you have one lazy millennial, we talked about this generation, and all millennials are, are lazy. Or you have one woman who hates men, all women hate, you know, right, there's right. this tendency to almost just paint with a broad brush people in a general way. It's interesting to me. And, and then you interact with them that yeah. way. I think sometimes it's because we're trying to protect ourselves. Hmm. We try to protect ourselves. So, so I've been hurt. Mm-hmm. I was hurt by a white person. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna protect myself against all white people because mm-hmm. all white people hurt me. Mm-hmm. And and now I mistreat all white people, or I'm hesitant with all white people, or I'm angry at all white people because one white person hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know, and and now and now, like you said, so now uh, one man mistreated that woman. Now all men are dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so now that mentality. And I think sometimes it's just that we're trying to help heal, help ourselves from being hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's not good. But what it does is it. So now I start to insulate myself, and I automatically give warning signs about every individual I meet that looks like, sounds like, or acts like that person Hmm. or may be similar in color or style. So Pastor Samuel. Yes, sir. That's very rare you call me Pastor Samuel. You know, usually we just Dan and Samuel. I'm always like, you know, I grew up with, it's always Pastor Dan. Pastor Dan. (laughs) What would you say to the guy who, who would say this, that a white man or woman, whatever, that would say, Man, enough with this conversation. I'm not racist. You know, I don't have a problem with, why are we just keep beating this drum? What do you say to somebody like that? I say, then there's a problem right there. Mm -hmm. Because if you say you're not racist, then you should care that I'm being mistreated. Hmm. Hmm. You should care. Hmm. 
If you don't care, then there's a problem. Mm -hmm. If you think, well, because I'm good, who cares how everybody else is? Nah, you should care. Then you mm -hmm. should be standing up with me and saying, hey, don't treat Sam like that. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody deserves health care. Hey, everybody deserves a good job. Hey, everybody deserves to be uh, treated like with respect when they walk into the store, this restaurant. Hey, everybody should be uh, honored when they go uh, in their community. Like, like they should not be able to, they shouldn't be uh, running in their neighborhood and be able to be killed and nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Like so, so for you to say that that hey, we're just talking about this too much. You're you're killing this. You're beating a dead horse. There's a problem mm -hmm. because you don't see my plight. Mm -hmm. And and that that leads me to the, this. <laughs> we go all over the place. I'm trying, <laughs> but but you have to understand as a white person, you benefit from the system that you say you're not a part of. Even if you say you're not a racist, you still benefit. This white privilege. You simply because you're white, you get things I can't get. Hmm. Even though you say you're not like the people who are making sure you get those things. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, so the thing is, too much. You you missing that there's a problem. So the comment in and of itself is self-centered. It's it's oh yeah. It's simply focused. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, that's yeah. So which is as a believer, is something we constantly fight. Right. As a believer, we're supposed to be other centered. Mm -hmm. Right. Because of what Christ has done for us, we are looking at how can we demonstrate Christ to other people, mm. not self focus. Right. Mm -hmm. Which becomes a problem in our marriages sometimes when all I think about is what I need and I'm not concerned about what my wife needs. My focus is supposed to be on what my wife needs. Her focus is supposed to be on what my husband needs. Mm -hmm. As brothers and sisters of the Lord, my focus would be on how do I help my brother? How do I help my sister? Mm -hmm. How do I esteem them higher than myself? Mm -hmm. How do I honor them, right? Mm -hmm. But if, if we go back into that uh, uh, society that doesn't believe in God or uh, behaviors that's not like God, our old nature, we would say, then I'm only going to be concerned about what do I get out of this? Mm -hmm. What is it for me? Well, hey, that's not my problem. Let's talk about something else. Well, mm -hmm. no, there's still a problem, though. There's others who are dealing with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating, and the whole idea of, uh, of systemic racism, systemic racism is something yeah. that I don't think a lot of people think about or understand, right? I mean, they think, well, I as an individual don't feel, they might think I don't feel negatively towards somebody from another race, but they're not thinking about how the systemic racism might impact, impact. Yeah. somebody. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, and some people don't even believe that's real, but mm -hmm. it's real. Let's go through history. Mm -hmm. Like, just because now we have cameras on our phones, what we're seeing with George Floyd and Sandra Bland and Tamir Rice and all these different cases, it, it's not new. Mm -hmm. It's not new. It's just now we have a camera, and we can videotape it. Mm -hmm. We can show it, but it's been going on from history. I mean, you can look at redlining. So, so there were certain neighborhoods that I couldn't come into, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And so we see these things. So we know there's been systemic racism, and we see it in our judicial system. We, it's a so all over. So I need to fight against that. That's mm -hmm. not okay. It's not okay, especially if I say I'm a person who that's not my behavior, then I can't be for it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're telling the story about driving in your car. Where, where did you learn? When did you learn? And where did you learn to put your hands on the dashboard? Woo, man, I, I think there's conversations we had, like yeah. parents had, especially as more and more stuff happened. I remember, I think it was the NAACP. It came uh, to one of our, or to an event, or we were at something where we were doing youth, 
and they they start talking about it. Um, and at one time, our city in Akron, we had a program, Peacemakers. Mm. And Peacemakers was a teen group led by one of the uh, deputies of a city, excuse me, Akron, and they had put together a little card mm. of how we should handle situations mm. when you pulled over and stuff. So you had those moments because, again, you know, people in authority will feel threatened when you and I don't respond a certain way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And and so, especially, you know, so so they would talk about how you should respond. Hey, put your hands on the dash or hold your steering wheel if you're the driver. Um, don't make any sudden moves. Make sure you uh, let the person know, like, hey, my, my insurance card is in my uh, glove compartment. I'm reaching mm-hmm. for my glove part. Hey, I don't have any weapons in my car. You know, mm-hmm. just and and speaking with respect. Mm-hmm. Again, we are people who give respect, regardless of how respect is given. But but I'm going to speak with respect to those who are in authority because you and I, as pastors, we want respect. Mm-hmm. But that that doesn't just mean because I'm the pastor, I don't have to respect the parishioners and the members that God has blessed us to attend our services and attend mm-hmm. our churches. Mm-hmm. In your congregation, do you have, like, lots of stories of people who have been on the wrong side of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. I mean, and, and it's a shame. This is, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because of the color of your skin, you are mishandled or dealt with wrong, whether it's business, mm-hmm. business dealings, you know, some of the things that we've got to go through that, that I don't know if a, a, a white church would have to deal with, you mm-hmm. know, be treated that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and it's simply because of the color of your skin, mm-hmm. and so yeah, you you I, many stories, many cases, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes that that causes uh, challenges for blend, blending churches uh, when churches are led predominantly African American churches and having uh, white people or all mm-hmm. color, and, you know come in and be a part of that congregation because it's tough because of some of the experience some of the congregants have had, mm-hmm. so then they're struggling. With having this other white person come in, especially that white person might say something that reminds is a trigger to something they was mistreated, wow. and yeah. so you have all those challenges that we got to keep working through. So how do we make our churches safe places for all people, as the Bible says, it's a house for all people to come yeah. and pray and worship? Yeah, it's fascinating. So why don't you talk a little bit, Samuel, about uh, you know this the phrase Black Lives Matter is very big right now and we've talked about this before why is it that the response of all lives matter uh, why does that kind of hit almost disrespectful in this conversation and then maybe kind of help help understand the difference between the principle black lives matter and maybe whatever the political platform black lives matter is can you talk a little bit this, about that this, this is a lot of good stuff right here yeah. you know this is uh fully loaded so let's let's first look at why it is disrespectful to say all lives matter okay so when we just when we say all lives matter it's as if we're saying um everybody's been treated fairly everybody's been handled correctly there's no problems there's no issue because all lives matter well there is a problem because if all lives matter, then all lives would be treated the same hmm. Hmm. with yep. value, equal uh, significance, right? Hmm. But we know that's not the case, right? And if we just using the example of the police, just using the example of police, I understand that there's not all police are not bad, mm-hmm. and so I'm not trying to say that. But but we know we see the cases of when police have come to the car of an African American man or dealt with African man. 
unarmed African Americans, they've shot them. But when they've dealt with a white person, a white police dealing with a white person who is belligerent or who, they try to talk them down. Mm-hmm. Where if I would respond that way, they would shoot me, mm-hmm. right? And those that's proven cases, right? And we've seen that in proven matters. Um, so so that 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 so saying mm-hmm. all lives matter is disrespectful mm-hmm. because we know all lives aren't being treated the same. Mm-hmm. Now, and we do believe, now if we just take the phrase, we do know all lives are important. All mm-hmm. lives, but what we're trying to identify when we say black lives matter, saying, hey, there's a group of people who are not being treated as if they matter. Mm-hmm. They're not being treated with equal um, with equal rights or equal uh, of value, right? They're not being treated as that. So we're making that statement and say, hey, mm-hmm. let's identify there's a problem in our land. Mm-hmm. And this group of people are being mishandled. Right, which is different than the platform of Black Lives Matter. There's there's a there's a whole group with uh, belief systems that, as a believer, I don't believe with. I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. However, so when I talk about Black Lives Matter, I'm not talking about the political program or foundational social mm-hmm. justice program in that sense that the platform that they have built. I'm just simply saying. That as a black individual, my life should be treated with the same value that your life is treated mm. with as a white person. Mm. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and we need to understand it. So, like when we, so yes, all lives do matter. All, however, all lives aren't being treated the same, mm-hmm. and we know that because of how we're looking at what's going on in our society. So, therefore, Black Lives Matter. All we're saying is treat us with the same value mm-hmm. and the same respect. So, don't hold our kids out of opportunities because of the color of skin. Don't don't mistreat us. Uh, because we may be bigger in some situations, you know, or seem like we might be a threat. Or if I get loud, that don't mean I'm angry. That just means I'm passionate, Passion. you know. So like when it's, when when your members of Norton, uh, you know, this great church, they view some things. They be like, Pastor Dan, he's so he just sits there, he's comfortable. <laughs> and then this pastor over here that he didn't bring in, Pastor, Dan, he's animated, his arms are up, and his voice goes out. Well, I'm just passionate. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not saying I'm angry. I'm not mad. Mm-hmm. Just passionate. And that passion is expressed in that way. And so getting to understand the differences of people. Hmm. Go here with me a little bit. What do you think the difference between... So let's talk somebody who's a follower of Christ. How do you know when somebody's just patronizing you versus respecting you? Woo. I, I think you'll, you'll sense it from their heart. So that, you know, we start talking about discernment through the Holy Spirit. But you also can tell by their uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell when somebody's just saying something mm-hmm. and it's not really meant. Mm-hmm. It's not sincere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just words like they're trying to rush you on. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. have you ever had situations? You know, in a marriage, you know, you be like, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah dear, I'm with you. Okay, whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. Well, you you're not really meaning that. You're just trying to stop the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's you know. And so, but I think when when it's heartfelt, there's going to be actions behind it mm-hmm. that are consistent. It's heartfelt. It's not just something I'm just doing and saying, oh, check off. I, oh, I treated the black person fine today. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's going to be consistent. This is how I treat people mm-hmm. regardless of their differences from me. Mm-hmm. It's consistent. I'm going to be like this consistently on my job, consistently in my neighborhood, consistently in my church, consistently in my community, because like, this is what I do. This is the mm-hmm. kind of person I am. This is my character. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I want you to know I value our friendship. Me too, Dang, sir. Value, value, value. Appreciate it. Like I said at the beginning, I always look forward to the times hanging out and getting to talk with you yeah. and share. I do too. And, and I, I learn from you and learn with you and uh, love the opportunity we get to serve in the same general city. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. Together. Yeah, I'm excited about yeah. it. I'm excited about uh, this, this whole dynamic, you mm-hmm. know, we came together to connect, to ask and conversate. You was, you know, after having a conversation with my father in the mm-hmm. past, and and just, so it it has been, uh, uh, man, just something I really enjoy mm-hmm. and really truly value. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, I don't want to let anything happen that would destroy this connection. Ah, I'm with you on that. I wonder if I could ask you to do me a favor. Yes. I wonder if you would bless us just by praying for the Norton congregation and the Norton campus. We're navigating this conversation. We want to uh, turn the lights bright on Jesus in regards to even this racial respect. And so I wonder if you as a brother and a leader would pray for our congregation. Yes, sir. Let's do that. Dear Father, Lord, I thank you and praise you uh, for my relationship with your child. Hmm. And my brother, Pastor Dan, I thank you for this great church that he's leading and the other pastors who are serving with him and each and every member. I thank you for the opportunities, Lord God, to have dialogue and conversation that would bring us to an understanding. Father, and I thank you for his passion to even lead this great church in conversations that may not be always comfortable as you talk about respect in the home and generational respect and racial and cultural respect. And as we deal with some challenging things that would cause us to examine ourselves as your word would tell us that how can I take out the beam out of my brother's eye or my sister's eye if I don't first deal with the speck and the stuff that's in my own eye. Father, I pray that you would just uh, bless this great church. Hmm. Lord, let your hand be upon them. Let your spirit uh, lead and guide them that the things that they're hearing, the things that they're learning would become the way they live. And as they live this, other people will be drawn to you Hmm. because of their heart's desire to serve you and to show love and respect to each and every person they come encounter with. Father, I pray that you will help them as you're helping all of us in the body of Christ to keep our flesh under control, that we will not allow our flesh to lead us, but we will allow your spirit to lead us. And so, Father, again, I thank you. I pray blessings and favor and grace and strength, expansion, Lord God. I pray unity, Lord. And in that place of unity, as they come together, I pray that you would command the blessing of life evermore, that this church would shine so bright that it would cause others near and far to want to be saved and want to have what they have with hmm. you. Father, I thank you for it. Bless this community of faith is my prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. It's fun, <laughs> man. Like we, I always get caught there. I shake his hand. I didn't know the rest of it.